Art helps people not only recovering from past trauma, but frustrations with the chaos and issues that are happening current day. And their questions on, was my, my effort when I was deployed back in 2006 or whenever, was that worthwhile or was a waste of my time? And so it helps people to be able to reflect back, but also take current day situations and be able to express how they feel. Welcome to the Policy Vets Podcast, engaging with leaders, scholars, and strong voices to fill a void in support of policy development for America's veterans. With your hosts, former Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dr. David Shilkin, and former Executive Director of the American Legion, Lou Chelley. Today's guest, Anne-Marie Halterman, Executive Director of Uniting Us. Hey, Mr. Secretary, welcome back. It's good to be back, Lou. And Charlie, thanks so much for filling in last week. You did a really good job. He did. And, you know, like many of our team who work behind the scenes to get this podcast out each week, we we wouldn't be able to do it without him. No, everybody needs a double just in case something happens. And uh, it's good to know Charlie's there. You guys kind of look alike. Yes. (laughs) With that, Mr. Secretary... You know, that's exactly why our next guest is so important. I mean, Amory Hatterman runs a program called Uniting Us, and it's it's an art therapy program. It's a nonprofit organization, but it's so much more than just an outlet for creativity. You know, Lou, I was trained as a doctor, pretty traditional. Uh, art and therapy just didn't go together for me for much of my career. And then, of course, when I entered the VA, I saw the power of these non traditional non-medical therapies, how they really can change people's lives and make a huge difference. And I just really, I call it the superpower of the VA because they embrace these things, whether they're adaptive sports events or other types of activities. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of the VA's creative arts festivals that they hold around the country, but wow, are those powerful. Uh, I'll, I'll share a story with you and I won't say any names. Um, I, I walked into uh, somebody's office one time and I didn't know a lot about art therapy. I was ignorant to it until I learned more about it really through Anne-Marie and, and somebody else. But I walked into an office and, and there was a, a painting on the wall and it was very prominent in their office. And it was a, it was a depiction of uh, a scene in Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, you really couldn't tell which it turned out to be Afghanistan and uh, it was definitely not professionally done, but it was pretty descriptive. And I, I you know, I, I didn't know. I was embarrassed afterwards. I chuckled and I was like, who did that? It looks like a child drew. They goes, oh, no. He said, I, I did that. It was part of my art therapy project. And I was like, foot in mouth. And I had to, you know, of course, apologize. But it, it made me learn that. These things are really, really important. And and this was someone that I respected greatly and had a very high position. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a young person. It was someone that, um, you know, that was fairly well established. Yeah. You know, Lou, one of the people that I learned the value of art therapy and also just to being able to tell stories through art was President Bush. President Bush, who admittedly said that he was not a good artist when he started started to draw pictures and portraits of veterans. And he and I had dinner together one night, and there were some of the people, the veterans who he had painted their pictures. And I have to tell you, he knew their stories. He knew what made them cry, what made them laugh, 
it was really powerful to see how involved he got through his art and how much he cares about these veterans. I'm really glad you brought that up. I actually saw that exhibit when it was displayed at the, um, at the Kennedy Center, and it's compelling because you get to read a little bit about each of the each of the subjects, and I was actually shocked at how many of the people I knew that he had drawn. Yeah, yeah, this is really powerful. I think our listeners today are going to be really interested from hearing from Anne Marie, who is an artist herself, but who is running Unite Us, and learn about the work and learn why it's so important that this work be supported for our veterans. And what really you know, what really is refreshing. I mean, a lot of the art is really good. It's really, it catches you off guard. And then you learn a little bit about, you know, the story of the artist and, and what compelled them to, uh, to paint, draw or sculpt, you know, whatever it was they did. And it, it just, it's so meaningful and it really, it becomes a a pleasure to purchase it. Yeah. Well, Lou, I think we should get started so people can hear what we're talking about. So let's get Anne-Marie in here. Anne-Marie, welcome to the Policy Vets podcast, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Anne-Marie, thanks so much. And you're the executive director of Uniting Us and also a veteran. So can you just tell us a little bit about your service and how you got started and involved with this program? Absolutely. So I was in the Air Force um, and did that and got out after 9-11, after my deployment at 9-11. And I worked as a consultant because in the Air Force, I was a civil engineer. And I came across art therapy, but really it was therapeutic art with a nonprofit. And it really made a huge difference for me and dealing with my trauma and establishing wellness in my life. And so a few years after that, I said, all right, I'm going to not do engineering anymore. And I'm actually going to try to help other people have an opportunity to have the experience and the power of the arts that I've had. And so that's, in fact, why I started Uniting Us. I can tell you, I absolutely love this program and what it provides by way of healing and therapy in a way that restores self-esteem, you know, through the arts and and the work that you do. So, Anne-Marie, can you tell our listeners about your program, you know, how it works. Take us through the process of how you find participants, therapeutic programs that they go through, and and how the works and what happens to the work that they do, what happens to it after you get a hold of it. Awesome. We have, United Us has three or four different ways that people can actually be introduced to the organization. Sometimes they find us, which is fantastic. We also use Facebook and other programs where people are posting their art. And then we reach out to them and then they can decide if they want to participate and how. And then also sometimes medical providers that are doing the art therapy in the VA or other locations reach out to us and introduce us to veterans or family members who think that they could benefit from the camaraderie that comes with Uniting Us, as well as the opportunity to not only learn how to do different types of art, but also to potentially be involved in our capstone program, which is exhibiting art in national locations and other places where their story can be told and their artwork seen by the public. Anne-Marie, this is probably going to surprise you a little bit, but in medical school, they didn't teach us a lot about art. And we didn't have a lot of artists come in and train the medical students. So, So can you just tell me a little bit about the impact that art can have on veterans and particularly veterans who are going through some tough issues? Sure. 
and and secretary I, I really love this question because art helps people not only recovering from past trauma but frustrations with the chaos and issues that are happening current day and their questions on was my my effort when i was deployed back in 2006 or whenever was that worthwhile or was a waste of my time and so it helps people to be able to reflect back, but also take current day situations and be able to express how they feel. And so with Uniting Us, the great thing that we have is the opportunity that we hear each other's stories every day. And sometimes we just need someone to be able to tell it to that's new or that can offer suggestions or information and have a conversation. And that's actually what the art establishes is a narrative that goes to what their story is. And it could be their family experience, it could be their military experience, or a current day situation. And that gives us the ability then to start a conversation, and that's where it all starts. I was able to catch this show at, at Walter Reed, if, if you can call it a show or, or a display. Um, you know, I had an appointment there, and I was walking through the hallway on the first floor, and I saw this artwork being put up. It really, it caught me off guard, but it was so nice to see in that environment in, in between my appointments. Then I caught the uh, the display again over at the Women Veterans Memorial when I was there for the 4th of July. So where else has Uniting Us displayed this artwork? So our artwork is, ex ex um, our artwork is exhibited both at Walter Reed and we have, we're doing multiple installations now at Walter Reed and the Women's Memorial, but we're also in galleries in DC like the Hill Center and other professional galleries throughout the metro DC area. The International Airport at Dulles, as well as Reagan National is coming up as well. Well, I think, Anne-Marie, this is, um, you know, the art, when you display it like that, really helps communicate a story to the public and gets them thinking more about what veterans go through. I want to go back to how this impacts the veteran themselves. And is it that Every veteran who has a story to tell or feels like that they want to communicate something, can they just go out and get a piece of drawing paper and some some you know you know paint brushes and do they do this at home or are you saying that it's best to do it with trained people? For example, the artists that work with Uniting Us is this is this something that requires a veteran to have somebody teach them, or is this something that can be self-expressed in their homes? You know, it's a combination. A lot of times, and I'm sure, Secretary, you know this, but you have people that have trauma or experiences that are they're plagued with. They have a hard time like putting words to what it is that how they feel, and so art may be something that they're introduced to through art therapy, which is a medically provided. Or they might already have been artists. It's amazing the skill and talent that, that our veterans and their family members have. And so we see everyone from someone that just picks up a pencil or a paintbrush the first time in an activity that we're hosting, all the way through to professional artists that are using their abilities to help tell the story and help educate the public, as well as gain some confidence that their decisions that they made, that they're validated and that to distinguish their service. Interesting story. When when I was at the Women Veterans Memorial, I saw one of these pieces of art as I was walking by and it grabbed me. It moved me. And uh, so I was trying to learn a little bit more about it. And there was a little barcode or um, the little square thing with all the little dots in it. Right. So I, I 
hit it with my phone and it took me to uniting us website. Um, and then that piece of art popped up and it said sold out and I was so disappointed. Um, so I, I called you and I reached out and I was, I was, well, why don't, why don't you tell, why don't you tell us what happened after that? That's a fabulous story. So this is the first time we've used QR codes to identify the artwork and for people to learn the story that goes with the artwork. And so Lou, when you did that, what happened was our artist did not want to sell the artwork. It was an art piece that was done in art therapy and it was a big jump and a lot took a lot of courage for her to exhibit that piece. So when you called and we talked and I called her and said, how do you feel about this? She's like, someone wants to buy my artwork? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And they're going to help us so that we can digitize it and make prints. And she was like, this is crazy. She said, I thought I served my country and that was it. And it was done. And I was moving on in my life. I can't believe someone cares about it. And so anyway, some really exciting news, Lou. Not only do you have a great eye for art, but so do other people. And that artist, as well as a couple of other from Uniting Us, there's a huge thing coming up right after Labor Day. There's going to be a huge announcement. Three of the Uniting Us artists are, their artwork is going to be shown internationally, sold worldwide with the toy industry. So I can't say anything more, but I just want to say you have a great eye and, um, we really appreciate your support in helping this artist take a step from dealing with her past, exhibiting her artwork, and then being encouraged that that it actually is meaningful to other people. And Maria, I, I would agree with you. Lou has a great eye, but he's also really cheap. So don't get too excited about how much he was willing <laughs> to pay for that. You know, but uh, oh, don't worry. The bill's in the mail. The bill's <laughs> okay, in the mail. Good, good. So, so it's clear that. You've seen art change people's lives, that it gives them not only the ability to express themselves, but it gives them meaning. And in many ways, um, you know, I'd like to learn a little bit more about some of the impact that you've seen this had on people's lives. And sure. maybe, a, maybe a related question, is this, in your experience, a short-term therapy or is this a lifelong tool and companion? Do you see people that are getting value out of their art continuing this indefinitely, or is this a six or eight week program? This is whatever someone finds useful in their life. But I'm telling you what's interesting is the evolution of going from, oh, I'm just coloring something or making something as a craft to then really like looking more deeply within themselves. So our artists routinely say, when they first join us, they're on a lot of medication, prescribed medication, and they don't like to go out of their houses. Um, and really talking to anyone they don't know, especially in a public location, is usually not in their comfort zone. And so, but as they participate with us, we're finding that they're not having to take as much medicine. They're coming out into the public. They are doing artist talks in front of hundreds of people. And and they're able to connect with people in a way that they weren't prior to having art to be that medium that makes it safe and also makes it where it's a very supportive environment. And so they feel that the community, not only in people in the community learning about the arts and about military service, but the community is also there to support that person when previously that person thought they were alone and maybe isolated in their homes. 
and this this isn't just a one-off, right? So I've spent a considerable amount of my time advocating for non-pharmacological therapies for for veterans who who are struggling with, you know, any any form of d- depression. People most associate it with post-traumatic stress, but you know, there are other types of of mental health challenges that that people will have and it it's interesting that even the National Institute of Health had had published an article on it and you know, they go on to say things like um, you know, art is a tool for enhancing uh, mental health well-being, that there's a growing documented evidence that these types of activities can be used in non-medical um, interventions to promote public health and, and well-being. So this isn't, you know, this isn't something that, um, you know, that is just for one or two people. This is a really a growing body of therapies so can, can you talk a little right. bit more about, um, you know, the types of programs that you're involved in? Sure. And you're right, Lou. It is not just for military that have had trauma or injuries. And actually what we have, many of our artists are not, it may not be a mental illness or trauma that they're experiencing, but we have one artist that has rheumatoid arthritis. And she, Sandy cannot hold a pencil. She couldn't, she can't move her hands at all. But you should see her paintings. Um, and she's able to do it, and she feels that for her, that it helps her be able to keep some function with her hands, even though her um, rheumatoid arthritis is so progressed. And so it gives her a channel that she thought she no longer had the ability to do. Um, and, and when you talk about what we do, we have events that are in public. We have them in private locations as well. We do training online, Zoom. We have conversations. And really what's interesting is when someone purchases a piece of artwork from one of our veterans, there's usually a request to talk to the artist. And, and so we'll facilitate that if the artist is okay with it. And amazingly, the people usually start to join us with making art themselves and sharing it with the artist and saying, based on your art, this is what I was able to create and it helped me for these reasons. Um, and so whether it be suicide, impacting someone's life or um, mental health challenges or car accident, physical injuries. We see every piece of the gamut that could happen. And when people come together, it's amazing what we can have in the end together. Yeah. And just to be clear, it's not just paintings. You you have a variety of different art modalities that, that you feature. And in addition, you're an artist yourself, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I'm an artist myself, but I don't do the refined stuff. Um, we have it all. We have 3D art. We have wood. We have fiber artists. We have painters, uh, glass workers, um, blacksmiths. We have a, actually a phenomenal blacksmith that it's fine art blacksmith, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and we also have singers, performers, comedians, and writers. And we have a, a number of our veterans are have written books and have poems and creative writing that are published in books and sold internationally. Well, and, and you've met some pretty famous people through this journey, haven't you? I really have. Um, well, one, I met you, Lou, and oh, Secretary. So, I mean, we're going to count that. Uh, but I also have met, you know, it's really interesting. There are professional artists out there like Steve Alpert who have been doing artwork. Their artworks, his artworks in the Pentagon and all over the place. And he takes the time, and this is something I didn't realize, he takes the time to mentor veterans and teach them how to paint. And so... He comes in, he supports Uniting Us, he participates with more of our veterans, and in the end, we now have a connection to 
people that are doing art professionally and they can mentor us and our artists on if they want to pursue more of an arts career, how that looks, how we can do that, how we can support people. Now, Anne-Marie, tell us a little bit about how Uniting Us works, whether you take funds from the artists or from the veterans or or how, how do you keep your organization going? We're pretty efficient with the limited funds that we have, but we work primarily off of donations and we do not take any of the artist's money. As a matter of fact, we give supplies to the artists um, for whatever types of activities that they do. And sometimes we have to ship them, but sometimes they're local and people make art donations to us and we're able to then pass that out to the different artists to support their ability to keep creating. And then with regard to if a piece of art sells, then that artist gets 100% of that sales amount. So if someone sells a $100 painting or a $1,000 painting, they are the ones that receive that money, um, sometimes directly from the purchasers, sometimes we have to facilitate it. We have a veteran that lives in the community living facility with the VA in DC. And Michael does not have the ability to take payment on anything. And we sell his artwork, it's phenomenal, by the way, and he keeps getting better and better. Um, but we take payment for him and we help him then get that those funds. And he's usually pretty excited to buy a hamburger and a pair of shoes or a t-shirt or, you know, he really loves a redskin. So from time to time, we'll just take him a redskins hat and he's pretty happy. Believe me, the, the secretary and I know exactly what that's like. When it's a labor of love, you know, you, you just do it. We, like you, we, we don't have paid staff. So, you know, everything right. we do is is on the cuff. When you t- and actually, Lou, when you talk about impact on a nonprofit program, the ones that you're guaranteed to have impact more likely are the ones that are doing it, A, on a voluntary basis, and B, that are funding it to get it started themselves. Because otherwise, you wouldn't dedicate your time, which is very valuable, uh, or your funds. Because if it's not impactful and if it's irrelevant, it's not worth doing. But uniting us and I think Policy Vets, I think we're doing some really great things. And I hope that other people join us and help support uh, this program. And Marie, what I really want people to get before we stop is a real understanding of the impact that this is having. I love when you tell the stories about being able to help somebody who lives in a CLC, just so people understand that's really a veteran's nursing home, be able to get extra money to afford some you know, very small things like hamburgers and tickets. But tell us about why this is important, why people who care about veterans should care about this and why should they support it? Have you seen this change people's lives? It does. And so, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the veterans are isolated in their homes or within their families only. And so if we can find a way to help people heal and then have a way to practice wellness and keep them engaged not only as individuals but with their families, which a lot of times veterans have a hard time doing that, um, and their communities, now we get production, uh, a productive society, and we can actually improve our schools, our community centers, our programs, and, and it touches everybody in the community. So that one veteran being having less medicine required, less doctor's appointments, and being healthier and having this wellness that they did not have previously provides the opportunity for our entire community to benefit. And Uniting Us has been involved with other nonprofits as well. I, I know that you've partnered with 
with some other, um, not only the Women Veterans Memorial, but but also you want to tell us a little bit about the event that you that you guys um, really spearheaded last weekend? Oh my gosh, that was phenomenal, right, Lou? We had um, an event that we co-hosted with Quilts of Honor, who is actually a nonprofit that's the same as Policy Vets and Uniting Us. They have only volunteer staff, and we brought in more than 80 women veterans and their families, and we honored them with a quilt, which is what Quilts of Honor does. And these quilts are marvelous. And so then after that, we had an arts festival. But, you know, finding other organizations, one nonprofit can't do everything. And there's other organizations out there that are doing a lot of great things. So we try to partner so that that our impact can go further and less resources are required to get that increased impact. Well, Anne-Marie, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing, your passion for helping veterans and for being a guest with us today on Policy Events. Well, I appreciate it. And actually, I want to thank you from our entire organization and all of our artists because, you know, we're, our hope is to inspire, empower, and unite. And by you joining us and allowing us to be on your great podcast, we're going to be able to do that even better. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Emery. Listen, before we go, I want to make sure that I, I give you the last word and, and give you uh, a chance to tell our listeners where to find you, you know, the, your website address. Perfect. I always like the last word, by the way. Um, Uniting Us can be found at unitingus.org. And we're also on Facebook under Uniting Us. And ultimately, what what we want to do is we want to reduce the prescriptions required. We want to make alternative therapies available to more people and that really is what we're what we're working hard every day and every night to do day in and day out so unitingus.org we have a donate button and we also have artwork exhibited and for sale on our website so come support an artist be part of our community and we'll all be better for it and don't be cheap like lou Mr. Secretary, maybe <laughs> maybe we should put a donate button on our website too. <laughs> I think we'd have uh, to have something of value like the artwork that Emory has first. <laughs> well, we can do that. We can do a joint effort. But Mr. Secretary, I invite you to join Uniting Us and take a look at the artwork and see what inspires I'm, you. I'm, I'm going there. I'm going to outbid Lou. I can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be hard. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks for again. all that. Thanks for right, everything. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Well, that really is all the time that we have today. So join us next week. We're going to be talking about something that a lot of people have a great interest in here in D.C., and that is cannabis. Charissa Jackson is going to join us to talk about how this industry could be transforming how veterans are going to be using this to treat their depression and post-traumatic stress. Thanks for listening to the Policy Vets podcast. For more information about projects and other podcasts, go to policyvets.org.